This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello, welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. A solid first-half display in a seemingly flexible 5-4-1 formation against a decent Southampton side, now unbeaten in 10. We had three good chances in that first half, but couldn't capitalise, and that's exactly what Southampton did in the 47th minute, with Matty James showing Walker-Peters onto his weaker left foot, only for him to fire it into the top corner. City struggled to find the form from the first half in the second, and although they had a couple of half chances, they couldn't get the equaliser. Adam Gould wrote, defensively, going to be super tight under Manning and then hit on the brakes, worked perfectly first half apart from missing a one-on-one, a great save from a header and a free header over the top. Can't miss three good chances like that and expect to win at Southampton. Matt is with me and Lee's three words, Matt, would take your chances. As he always is, spot on for Big Z, yeah. Um, (laughs) Obviously, I got a bit of stick from the weekend from saying I enjoyed the weekend, including the first half an hour. Um, last night's first half, I enjoyed as much as the Swansea performance. I thought um, out of possession, we were excellent. Close Southampton down, who are a very good side, not potentially at the level that, that Leicester are, but I think they're definitely going to be up there or thereabouts. And I thought we were the better side in the first half. Um, second half, the, the goal very quickly changed it. Um, and then I think we just ran out of, ran out of steam and, and Southampton could sort of pass it around. But yeah, I, I, I was really, really um, infused with that first half, first half performance patch. And as you say, really flexible. It was a three at the times. Naismith slotted in, looked lovely there. A couple of lovely balls. Um, and then we went to five. And I thought it was George Tanner's best game in, in a good while. Yeah, we'll come on to the starting lineup and that flexing formation in a second but um, we'll do our talk club check-in as we always yep. do um, so Matt I'm going to kick off I'm a 6 out of 10 I'm uh, freezing cold <laughs> it's chilly yeah got in quite late last night as well so yeah I'm looking forward to um, actually I'm going to crack open a beer in a minute well when, when I when I set you off talking I'm going to go and get a beer nice um, and settle into the evening because it's now um, you know gone five o'clock so I think that's, that's high time for a for a beer so six out of ten for me okay yeah so. I'm I'm probably a seven um really enjoyed it last night it was a, a relatively straightforward trip down I know Lots of problems for those travelling on the train, so feel feel sorry for them. But yeah, I went went down with um, Ellie Jones, a regular on the podcast, and Lee and Ben, um, Ben sort of Robin's YouTube channel. Um, and brilliant, parked up really close, got into the ground, nice couple of beers, good atmosphere. Um, yeah, a bit of a late one back, but not not too bad. And I've had the day off today, so I had a nice lie-in. Oh, um, and so yeah all, all good so I'm, I'm probably a good seven looking forward to uh, an evening with Jeff Twentyman and Gary Hours and that's not some sort of thruple as Anton Deck would say <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, yeah um, so looking forward to that so yeah I'm a good seven mate good to hear alright let's bring in our guest it's Bond Ben Bond back once again uh, Ben how are you out of ten yeah good afternoon uh, Patch and Matt thanks for getting me back on the pod yeah, a solid seven this afternoon. Um, I said earlier on, uh, many of you 
uh, we might know that I live and work in and around Southampton. So for a midweek game, it was on the doorstep, <laughs> just a depressing result. And I've been given lots of grief today through work and my connections <laughs> here and uh, more of that a bit later, but a, a decent seven. Oh, good stuff. Right. Let's have a look at that starting lineup then. Uh, so for me, it started out 5-4-1 and that was Max. And then right to left, Tanner, Viner, Dickey, Naismith and Sykes. Bell, TGH, James and Knight as the four. And then Tommy Conway as the one. Um, Matt, obviously, Campering was suspended for that one game. So Naismith coming in, I assumed before the game that he was just going to slot in in that right back in the 4-2-3-1 formation, but... Left back. Sorry, left back, yeah. Um, and and he, he, he kind of slotted in left of a three initially with Sykes on the left. Yeah, that, that was the one that surprised me, I think, Patch, that, that Sykes, he was left in and, and Bell was on the right. Um or I, I guess, yeah, I mean, you, you, you had um, George kind of playing that and Belly was a little bit further forward. But it, at times it was a three up top. Tommy Tommy wasn't as isolated. Jason Knight was playing kind of left mm. um, and Sam Bell right. Um, but Mark, I thought Mark Sykes was excellent last night in the way that I thought he was excellent away at QPR on that left-hand side. But it takes away his real strength on the right. Um, so that, that was a slight, Disappointment was too too strong a word, but um, but in terms of Naismith, you know, I think I think he's played left back for for Luton a number of times. Yeah, so started, I heard. Yeah, started started out me. I thought it was more sort of left left of a three centrally, um, and looked looked really comfortable. Um, normal things that you expect from from Cal Naismith during the game. A couple of times he was surrounded by players and just quick feet was able to get a ball sort of passed out. Mm. He had one lovely diagonal across to, to George Tanner. So yeah, look, look, look really comfortable. I don't really think Patch there were too many options in terms of setup last night, I've got to be honest. Okay. Ben, your thoughts on on that starting lineup. And I think we kind of get a little bit hung up on formations, but yep. you know, it, it it as a fan, you kind of want to know, right, what's the plan? And I think with Liam Manning, we're not always going to know exactly what that plan is. It seemed to be quite a flexible formation. Yeah, I, th- I think flex has come into football in the last sort of 10 years. Um, I, I, I looked at the back. I thought between a three and a five, couldn't really see the shape. And a lot of fans don't really seem bothered. And I quite like a shape because I like to know where we're going. Um, I did feel that we lost the thrust of Sykes on that right, as Matt has highlighted. And uh, that was a, that came forward a bit later on. And we haven't got a lot more clubs in the bag. You know, we've got injuries that we've still got. We've got people players coming back. Spring being out always ended up for me with a Naismith coming in, doing something to fill that and adjusted the team around it. And uh, I think more of that to come. So, yeah, it was, um, I think, uh, necessary. Um, whereas I think Southampton have um, a similar um, progress as well around what their shape looks like. And they and then they shifted their shape around and talking to fans locally. They've done that all season. Matt, the surprise for me again was only seven named out of the nine available on the bench. There was eight named on the weekend, which I didn't pick up on, I don't think, but seven stands out a little bit more. Um, we had Bajic, Williams, Cornick, Mometti, Vyman, Knight LaBelle, and Yaboa. Why do you think we didn't opt to put two other youngsters on the bench? Um, I think first and foremost, they need to be close to the first team for it to really mean anything. Uh, I'm not sure there's much value sticking um, 
I use the the sixteen year old. I don't know who, who the lad is, but the tins talked about it. The hen and chicken. There's no point sticking him on on the bench just for experience, um, because you know they're they're used to playing in front of crowds in in some of the games they play. So I'm I'm not not convinced that there was a need for that. Um, and again, in, injury wise, I'm not sure that we've got anyone else that, that could have come in there. So mm. I'd actually rather see it like that. Okay. Than what happened where we ended up playing two or putting two goalkeepers on the bench, which yeah, I mean yeah, that's exactly. just never never sort of worthwhile, is it? So yeah, I, I can understand that. I don't I don't know that there's any anyone else close enough to make the bench that could make an impact. Okay. All right, let's get to the minutes then. Um 16th minute, good build-up by City, and it eventually comes to Sykes, who shoots and it's deflected for a corner. Looked like looked like that one was going on target. TGH's delivery is a right foot in swinger into the danger area, but cleared, followed by a concentration of high press from City. But Southampton do really well to come away with it. So, Ben, that was a 16th minute. We'd looked really good, really solid up up until that point, and that was the first real opportunity. And then what I really liked is when we did lose the ball, there was a constant of a Bristol City player closing down Southampton. And to be fair to Southampton, they did manage to get that one out of danger. Yeah, I think. And talking again to fans locally, they've been, um, their work rate has been has been up since Russell Martin has come around. I think our movement has been strong over under Pearson. We got better at that. Um, we've got a lot of legs in the side and we need it. We haven't got particular standouts. People are moving quite quickly and, uh, and we were starting to knock a little bit. I think that for me, the question is how isolated some of our front players feel or get. And, uh, you know, that formation that we've talked about earlier may or may not have helped Conway um, be the focal point. And maybe he's not that sort of player. So I don't know what else we can do right now, but I thought the energy was there and it was um, it was good. I, d- I didn't feel we gave the fans a lot to get behind yesterday. It was There was bits in there. He's mentioned 16 minutes. Well, that was um, the previous part there. It's sort of drifting on through. So, you know, I guess I'd like as an away fan to have more to hang me hat on around excitement and, um, you know, uh, energy around what we can do with the quality we need. Yeah, it's a good point, Matt, that obviously 16 minute is my first note, but we did look solid and assured. And I think there's almost like a bedding in period, isn't there, in settling into the game a little bit? I think especially when you're playing a side like Southampton, who who can pass the ball around you, um, a, a, a chap sort of next to me said um, it was very much like a chess game, and it had that feeling about it last well, night. That's, that's the, what I said in the first half, the first thirty minutes of um, the game on the weekend. Yeah, he it? did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, um, that's that's a problem more so last night for me um, because I think Southampton passed the ball better than um, than Middlesbrough did. Um, I thought they had a number of players. I mean. Armstrong's a quality, quality forward. Um, I thought Alcaraz in the middle was excellent. Um, and they can hurt you from from sort of the, the flanks as well. So yeah, it but but again, I didn't I wasn't bored. I I again oh, no. I was enjoy I was enjoying that kind of who's gonna create an opening first. And you know, you, the concentration levels for both teams last night were immense in that first half. It was it was a real, yeah, a real game of chess, yeah. 19th minute, good work from Southampton and the shot does come in, but it's a really important block from Zach Viner, Matt. Um, And Viner stood up really well to the test last night. And in particular, that one, that was a really important block. Watching it back, it was, uh, I think, going on target as well. 
from Armstrong, wasn't it? I've I've seen the highlights in Naki Well says, you know, that it, it was looking on target. And actually, when I looked at the highlights, Mac Mac seemed to be quite rooted. So it would have been a hell of a dive for him to have kind of got to it. But we we were I was only, I don't know, half a dozen rows back last night, and it was right in front of us. And the the, the speed that Viner came across and, and put that block in against Armstrong, who Armstrong's one of those strikers patch who just sees an opportunity and takes it. You know, there's no or he's, he's single minded in he in terms of what he wants to do with it. So brilliant block. And and you know, I thought I thought Viner was outstanding last night. 23rd minute, Ben, uh, Naismith, Diag to Tano. Matt's already picked up on this one. Earns a corner kick after a series of neat passes and ball retention in the build-up. There was, I don't know how many passes, but it felt like a hell of a lot of passes that led to that eventual diagonal ball. Yeah, I think that we were moving that really well. I think we were... I think we were getting into the game. It was quite exciting to watch. Again, definitely not boring and quite quite tactically strong. I was also watching what Liam Manning was doing. I know he's much more of a edge of the technical area and what he was um, communicating with his with his team behind him and some of the players from that as well. I've also got the benefit of my connections with Southampton. There's quite a lot of players, that um, people that I know around the tunnel, and they were really interested in his communication compared to other visiting managers. And that was quite promising from that point of view. Yeah, certainly yeah. calmly assuring. We picked up on the, I think the last pod when we looked at the QPR game around what he was, what his calm strategy is around um, his coaches and everything else. So that was, um, you know, that was well. And p- people were saying to me, a lot of civil, you know, in the away end last night that we were, um, you know, going to get something from this game because we, we, we started off strongly. Well, she mentioned the away end. Alex Scott was apparently in the away end. I don't know if either of you saw him. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I think I've seen today as well that Marlon Pack, Joe Morrell, and Riley Taylor were as well. Yeah, I, I heard about that. But uh, yeah, great. Always great to see former players in any it, capacity. <laughs> I think that yeah. shows Patch the the spirit that Nigel Pearson in indoctrinated into the team. Um, you know, it's it's we often refer to it on this pod, don't we? That it, it kind of feels like the same kind of group that Steve Cottrell had mm. where they all kind of care about each other. And so, yeah, no, that's great to see. We and also, of, uh, yeah, I watched, fine, I watched back the half an hour special on Subsbench on Facebook about the Alan Dix book launch on Tuesday. Oh, right. yep. um, mm. And one of the things that is mentioned there is the team spirit that was galvanized with that team in the seventies. And the fact that yeah. they're still most of them mates now, most of them, coming down on on match day so it's a really important part of a successful team so hopefully that pays dividends um from that corner it comes in it lands on tommy conway's head matt and it he heads over he heads over from almost a standing position um does he see it late does he just not get over it what's the what's your thoughts i think both both of the above um i think zach excuse me zach viner makes a, a slight run across him um Look, let make no mistake. Tommy Conway is an absolutely fantastic player. Um, I think he he seems to be a, a little low on confidence at the moment. Um, and that chance at the time, I said, should be hitting the target. When I've watched it back, he he doesn't seem to be on his toes anticipating it. Um, and I think I heard, in fact, now I read it um, again. Lee, Lee Williams in our group. Um, he was a, a pretty prolific striker himself. Um, slightly different level, Big C, but yeah. Um, Lee said, you know, you've got to anticipate that the defender, the player in front of you is going to miss that. 
and be ready for it. And he just didn't seem to be quite set ready for it. So, yeah, I think he will be disappointed that he didn't get it on target. Yeah, Ben, that was our first chance and one of the, one of those ones that you kind of expect to be buried. But yeah, it just came to me a little bit late. Yeah, well, in real time, I thought we should have got on target on the replay. I felt it was worse than that, if you like, in terms of the opportunity missed. And that did feed into a little bit of confidence. I'm not sure that Conway's currently got, you know, great player, you know, Rolls-Royce engine, et cetera, et cetera. He said that on his pod several times, but he's not in a, the greatest vein of form. And just hope with some solid coaching that we can get him back to an area where we can uh, start slotting a few homes. He's got he's got all the attributes that we know and we, and we need him, particularly when our currency yeah and i don't it, think his head will go down matt no it's it's interesting i i, I was watching tommy in the warm-up um and when everyone was was sort of walking off and and scotty was collecting in the balls tommy got him to kick him a couple more um and he just literally fired them into an empty net um which to you know to get that feeling i guess of hearing the ball at the back of the net and stuff so it doesn't strike you as a lad that would be low on confidence, but that that seems to be how he is at the moment, doesn't it? Well, it doesn't it, with, with strikers. It, it it doesn't always go your way, but then no, of course not. He'll go through a patch undoubtedly in the coming weeks where everything he, he hits will be on target or or in the goal. So yeah. let's uh, let's keep keep pressing away, and uh, yeah, it it will come. Thirty um, third minute, Sulemana off for Southampton, who was causing some problems down the left um, for Southampton. Ben and Che Adams coming on. I like the look of that Sulemana. Yeah, good player again. I know a little bit about the team because um, I've got people who know the team better than better than we do. And uh, yeah, he was a he was a bit of a, a concern for them going off. But then he got you bring on Che Adams, who's also got would get in most. Uh, championship sides yeah. in terms of where he's been and and that I think is a, a theme for later on you know when we played Leeds uh, earlier in the season you know look at their average wage and their resource you know I'm st- I don't know what the average wage at Southampton would be but it probably is averaging double hours and therefore you're able to bring on that level of quality so in that respect mm. we're not doing too badly and I disagree with the board about the we've got a definitely top 10 budget squad or whatever because that's not the the equipment that we've got to offer at the moment in terms of playing and resource but so uh, yeah you know quality off and, and and quality on I know he's not had the best season so far Adams but you know he's got pedigree in there and uh, I think he'd uh, certainly get a game for us. Matt, 36 minute TGH pass out tonight is poor on the left when City were on the break. That I think that was a second sort of poor pass from TGH that I picked up on. There were a couple, mate, weren't there? I think um there were there were further ones I'm sure we will probably touch on, but it it didn't seem a difficult pass. Um, and that's where the kind of frustration comes in with those. Yeah. Um, and for all of the plaudits that we were talking about with TGH on on Saturday, he wasn't quite on his game last night. Um, and that was case in point with that with that pass. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, 39th minute, a big chance. Sykes header off the line from a narrow angle after patient build up on the right. And the cross comes in from Tanner, and it's almost flicked on if he touches it, by Conway. But obviously Conway's probably trying to arch his um, head back to get his header on goal himself. He's at the near post. Sykes is beyond the far the, the back post. But nonetheless, it's a header on target and the keeper did well to save that one, Ben. Yeah, it was. I think we discussed at the start of the pod around the kind of the, the, the thrust that Sykes offers us normally. And that was good to see him 
making that grind to get in there. And I think the keeper's done well. Again, I thought the keeper for them did pretty well all game. Um, you know, he's come out of League One a few years ago and done pretty well despite the relegation that they had last season. So, um, you know, on his toes. And, you know, we, we, again, we were building it quite exciting about that point. You know, we felt that the... You always felt that the more they missed, the more chance you got to go to that halftime level. And of course, sadly, that's how it um has how it played out. But um yeah, it was it was good energy from the team and good and good movement of the ball, which was great to see. Matt, where did they sign expect- him from then? Sorry, Patch. Where did they, where did they sign him from? He the came from Portsmouth. He was he, he? he was uh, he was League One Player of the Year in Portsmouth. Oh, they got oh, him yeah. out of Portsmouth. Yeah. What a unit. What yeah. an absolute beast. Yeah. 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 He's, you know, again, living locally, I've, I now got off and I took, to, so, my, so my son took two Pompey um, supporters last night. You were all wound up than we were both Southampton. And yeah, okay. uh, yeah they're, they're all over it. So, so, what, so one of them saw Marlon and they, they love Marlon down at Portsmouth. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, I missed the goal because I was trying to get a picture with Alex Scott, but he disappeared <laughs> at half time. So therefore I missed the goal. So uh, that's how sad I am. Brilliant. Um, I was going to say, Matt, uh, that I I half expected the referee's wrist to go off and that be over the line. You were obviously closer to that. Was it? How close was it? Well, I don't know how, how close because it was the far end. <laughs> oh, of course it was. Yeah. But, um, it, I mean, again, my half's mixed up. Yeah, again, it looked it looked like um, he'd had to kind of claw it out. Yeah, it looked closer um, to me. I was Alan, kind of David me. Seaman, Paul Pesky, Salida yeah. all those years ago. But yeah. actually, it it looked a, f- a fairly comfortable save to an extent. As my ring doorbell goes off, apologies. Oh. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think it was that comfortable watching it back. It was all quite quick and and Sykes does very, really well. I think the other thing to say is um, what across from George Tanner. Yeah, um, and it was a, a really good move. I don't know if it was um, Matty James or, or or Taylor that played it into him, but he he just taken up a lovely position, really wide, no one near him, mm. and then sent in a really good delivery. So yeah, okay, forty second minute, an excellent right footed pass over the top from Matty James to Conway, who's in on goal, Ben, with a one on one, and you think again. We put our house on Conway to score this, but he's got still got a fair bit to do. He tries to go round the keeper, and his touch to take it round the keeper just isn't strong enough. Yeah, I think you know we, we're all thinking about the earlier header we've discussed already, and you know you, you put your house on him, but would you? And then he kind of again, as Matt said, it was the far end from where we were gathered, so we're right behind it. He moves well, just just and the keeper just snaffles that up. You know, comes out watching it on repeat uh, on. Um, Highlights, you know, the keeper's done pretty well there. But again, I think he made it too easy for the keeper in that situation. So I think it should have been a shot earlier and he should have got it got it away or lifted it or something. And he didn't. And it was it was it was over. Yeah, it's a big lots going through a striker's mind, Matt, when they're one on one with the keeper, whether to whether to go for the shot early, whether to take it round. And sometimes I guess you just get caught in two minds. I think Saturdays he had a lot of time to think about it, um, and and I thought Dieng made a good save last night. If you watch it back, his his first touch is just a little bit too heavy, and the keeper's almost straight on him. So when he's gonna go round him, th- there's just no room. Um, I think if his first touch is better, because the keeper's out as far as he is, he's probably lifting it over the top of him, like lobbing him. Um, I do love it that, and, I, and I've, I've heard a few people say it that oh, I, I would have dinked it and I would have gone round him <laughs> this way, and it's like I'm pretty sure 
Tommy out of all of us talking. It's the one that's going to do it the right way. Well, and um, we wouldn't get into that position in the exactly, first place. Exactly. But <laughs> he, he knows himself. He'd be disappointed. Um, but again, what you've got to say, what a cracking ball from Matty James. Yeah, lovely. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Okay, deep breath, halftime summary is a long one. Took a while for us to get going, but finished the half stronger. For the opening 20 to 30 minutes, we were definitely the better team without the ball than with it, in which we reverted to pre-manning habits of panic passing and not enough movement to create options for the man on the ball. Tactically, we're clearly trying to get behind them when, when they push high, hence a lot more long passes, but we improved significantly in terms of unlocking through a series of passes and picking their pocket at the right time. Admittedly, we've been caught offside on a few occasions but equally had some successes too the first ended with a good whipped in cross that we couldn't quite convert with Bazanu scrambling to keep out Sykes effort Conway then had a fantastic opportunity when released one-on-one with the keeper but couldn't convert when he really should have done that from that position if we can pick up from where we left off rather than how we started we can definitely look to get something out of the game Bell has been largely ineffective again as an attacking force and Sykes in the main seems to be playing deeper, maybe more as a left wing back. Knight is covering plenty of the pitch again, however, is probably the man to keep giving Conway the support he needs up top. Um, Matt, that's probably quite as far forward as we've seen Jason Knight, I think, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think probably the QPR... um when we changed shape and he, and he was pushed forward a little bit more, we were seeing him sort of up there. But like I said, it, it, it seemed almost at times that they were in that three. Um, I'm not sure he's best suited there. I think he's probably best suited centrally sort of pushing on, but it's, it's, or even more on the right than the left. But, um, it, you know, again, he, he's, he's a quality footballer, isn't he? Um, but even, even last night, I didn't think on the ball, he had his best game. Um, I think when you're playing these teams, you need your big players to be at sevens and eights. And I'm not sure we had enough of those last night. Okay. 47th minute. Armstrong pulls it back to the right back. Carl Walker-Peters, who curls in from 20 yards. It's 1-0. It's a sucker punch. James seems to show him inside onto his weaker foot. But this is a premiership quality player. And I think he even played a game England. for England as well. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's Carl Walker-Peters Peters that punishes us, Ben. Yeah, so I've already, already said that I, I missed the delight of it Which live. you didn't see. Um, well, I've seen <laughs> it, obviously, since. Um, I think just back to half-time, uh, again, my son took a couple of mates locally to the game last night, and they thought we were quite a direct team based on the first half. Quite interesting, really. Glass, you know, we've got a new gaffer. You know, what, what can you see in us? They, like... They watch a lot of different footballs, you know, different different teams. That was interesting. They thought we were quite direct. Um, yeah, and actually, you know, Walker Peters is somebody that you know we we would probably um, do really well to, to to keep and buy based on the last few years of our recruitment. And you know, we're not we're not anywhere near that. And that's the bit that I'm thinking about. How do we become the club that can take these players and keep them? That can push us on because we seem to be doing things with people that are George Tanner not Walker-Peters, and that, that's not a problem because George is a great player, but he's not at that level yet and therefore 
that bit of quality und undid us and um yeah and it ended up being being that goal that was the winner Matt, it was it was a real sucker punch having been so controlled and equal to Southampton if not margin marginally better in the first half for me it just Saturday similarly they scored straight after half time yeah um I mean the talk at half time was oh we should have been two up if not three up um but you forget that actually Southampton had a couple of good chances as well the Viner's block Max O'Leary's save um so I, I felt it was a, it was a very even first half um, and then the second half, I guess we're attacking. The ball's then back up the other end. Armstrong, I've got a feeling <clears throat> as it developed last night, and I can't see it on the highlights, but I think Zach tried to nip in or with Dickie and get the ball and it kind of broke and then broke for Southampton. Um, Armstrong sort of plays a, a lovely ball into Walker-Peters. Are you looking at and thinking, how's he got that kind of distance with no one picking him up? And like you said, Patch, Matty James shows him inside. He even said that after the game, and, didn't he, on yeah, Radio Bristol? I, I mean, I, I think I'd probably say I showed him inside on his weaker left foot um, if I was Matty James. But I'd also be thinking to myself, I should have put a challenge in. I should have got close to him because he didn't. Um, and to the same extent, you know, we've seen our left back, Joe Bryan, cut inside on his right and send a curler in. So I think at this level, and you're talking about an England international, he can do that. So you've got to defend, mm. you know, properly and, and sending them inside onto a perceived weaker foot isn't the way to do it. But, you know, you can't take anything away from the finish. It was brilliant. I mean, Max uh, just had absolutely no chance. You know, there's no, you can't apportion any blame to Max at all with that. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I did think there was a sort of unforced error that sort of started that move. And it was an, another one that almost gave an opportunity. And it was Sykes on this occasion. He tries to retain the ball inside his own box, turns back into trouble. Um, he's dispossessed, but uh, City got away with that one, Ben. Yeah, and I think we were looking at, you know, heads dropping and how we're going to get on. And then, he, then he sort of think about, the, the, you know, the formation of who's doing what, you know, what can we do to change this? What what was the halftime brief, you know, because to go out surely a couple of minutes in to uh, lose to, uh, you know, to concede a, a cracking strike, you know, we're, we're ending up, you know, where are our leaders? And we discussed it on previous pods around our club, or who's actually, you know, who have we got to rely on to, to lead once the, once the management have set up the team and, and again, I'm I'm always thinking about that in our team. Who are the talkers? Who are the leaders? Yeah. 62nd minute, Matt. Double substitution. Vyman on for Bell. Cornick on for Conway. Uh, your thoughts on, on those two changes? Um, yeah, I think probably the majority of the crowd that were there last night thought they would be the changes that would be made. Um, I thought... I didn't think Sam Bell had a bad game, but I thought Sam Bell's game last night was more around his defensive shape as opposed to necessarily doing too much going forward. Um, and, he did, and Tommy... He did, find, he did find some space on the right a few, he, on a few occasions. Yeah, but didn't there wasn't really any end product. Well, one of them it. was the one that TGH didn't find him with, but... Well, yeah, exactly, but... You know, there's there's finding space, but you've got to, you know, it's yeah. So, but like I said, I'm not I'm not I'm not criticizing Belly. It, it, they were the two changes I thought would happen. Yeah. Were you at all surprised, Ben, that he didn't keep Conway on and have two up front, Cornick and Conway, at one nil down? 
Yeah, I've been thinking about it for a while. I'm not sure we've game we've discussed the formation previously. Whether we, when we were four three three, is it actually four five one or in possession out of possession? I think putting Conway alongside somebody is something that we need to look at. We've not tried it in any effective way in recent times since Naki Wells has been injured. It's not something we've combinations. And actually, you know, I quite like Cornick. You know, he's got a bit of a a cult following. It might be a little bit ironically cult, but um, it is cult. And, you know, putting him alongside someone else to try and give it a go, particularly being 1-0 down with, you know, 25 or so to go. I don't think, Matt, we've seen Cornick and Conway on the pitch together yet. I'm not sure. Must have, but I just can't think um, of it. Yeah, not not, so, not that I certainly can think not of in a two. two. Yeah, no, not that I can think of in a two. No, you're right. Okay, 65th minute, a double save from Max. First from Armstrong after he capitalised on a second phase onside run. And the second was a little easier from Alcaraz. So two quick chances for Southampton, Matt, but Max equal to it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I thought he had a solid game last night, Max. Um, his, his distribution was a little bit slow at times. Um, but yeah, I thought he had a decent game. Nice pair of tights he had on as well, I like to see. Yes. Uh, yes. 68th minute, Naismith off, holding his right hamstring, and Joe Williams coming on, Ben, seemingly sticking with that sort of 5-4-1 with TGH going into right back and Tanner shifting across. Yeah, and I think Tanner has that flexibility as a sort of right back, right wing back, right centre half, right of a three. We've got quite a lot of players that can do that. Pring when he's fit on the other side, we've seen that in several different ways. And, you know, I think Joe Williams is somebody that I think is worth a, a discussion around contract when he's out and trying to build behind him. And hopefully his injuries are behind him as well. I mean, he's not had the best record with us. We've discussed that for ages on this, on your pod in, in previous episodes. And, you know, I, I, I think Joe Williams is someone that, we, that can give us some some legs in midfield. I mean, the, the impact of Tanner moving inside I thought it was solid enough again last night, and was was a was a was a solid choice. Matt, that uh, hamstring looks like a hamstring. I think he did say afterwards as well. Um, uh, Manning did say, but it was his hamstring. But is that the same hamstring or not? Do you know? I don't. I don't know which one he's done before, but it's it's clearly a concern. Um, and yeah, he. he he, he doesn't just doesn't seem to be able to get through a season, does he, Carl May Smith for us? Um, you know, and unlucky. I I guess it's a it, it makes you think there's an underlying problem when you're sort of sixty odd minutes in and it goes. Um now I'm you know, I'm not not medically sound enough to know well actually it can go warm, cold, mm-hmm. kind of at any time stretching and what have you. But yeah, it's it's just a, a bit of a concern with him, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, uh, 73rd minute, Mimetti comes on and Sykes comes off. Uh, this was more of a 4-4-1-1. And just before that, there was a cracking overhead kick from Rob Dickey, Ben, wasn't there? That He, he definitely <laughs> won't want to see that again. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Not quite the uh, from the weekend and other games. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think Dickey was solid. He's got a decent partnership with... Uh, Vinas, that's on the positives for him. Uh, as, as for uh, Anis Mometi, um, I, we all wanted to do really well. You know, he's come on again. People that were that were my guests last night were like, wasn't really sure what he was offering, and don't know him from Adam. So um, literally, um, you know, not quite sure. He looks like positive. He's got a bit of intent. He's got a bit of a shuffle and a shape. You know, he he was coming towards us in that second half, and um, 
yeah, just didn't um us during the course of his time on the pitch didn't didn't quite do it for us, but was tried his best. Well, it was the 79th minute, Matt. It was a ball over the top to Mimetti. And then Knight feeds Cornick, who hammers across goal. And there was cries of handball from the away end. Um, then from the corner, Max heads well over. So we've seen we've seen Mimetti get a little bit of joy in that first five minutes, and we'll come on to another chance uh, in the 89th. But yeah, that that was um shouts for penalty, and looking back, it was clutching a little bit. I watched Keith Stroud. I have to say, I thought I had an excellent game last night. Mm. Um, but I watched Keith Stroud's immediate reaction. He put both hands kind of, it was too close and his hands were sort of in, in his body, against his body. <clears throat> I've heard, I think Gary Hours said last night that um, if it goes to VAR, um, then that's probably given. Um, I'm, I'm not convinced it would be. I think it would have been really, really harsh. Okay. Uh, 84th minute, Viner picks up a booking. I can't remember the, for the life of me what that was for. I don't know if either of he, you... um, yeah, he, he tried to nip in front of the, the Southampton player and caught him when he was away. Uh, yeah, kind of nip. No, 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 he, he sent him to the floor. He tried to nip in and caught him, and, and then right. he sort of went down and got the booking. Yeah, okay. 87th minute, Cornick breaks away with Knight in support. And he just takes one touch too many, Ben, on that one. It was one of those ones where, again, he would have been in two minds of was he going to take it on and try and get a shot away. But at, at one part of that movement, Jason Knight was in a really good position just to have the ball laid off. But, yeah, swings and yeah. roundabouts. Yeah, it didn't, didn't, didn't release it in the right time or the right way. And, again, easier to say for us, but, you know, difficult when, you, when you're in the heat of that moment if you're the player or the players. But, yeah, I mean, I like, we like you know, Cornick is... Um, Cornick's done well for us because he's he's really not done well, but he's but he has got a little bit of backing because he's got that um he's got a bit of shift and a bit of energy around him. And he's di- different to what we what we've got in the club in that area. He's not he's not really got a rival in terms of what he, he can offer and uh just wish he would play up alongside somebody else just for a while to see if that has any um any benefit to us or changes our team dynamic in a positive. Matt, 89th minute, Mimetti on the run this time. He breaks away and doesn't manage to just get that connection with his shot. So it was one of those ones where you just think, right, go on, get at him, get at him. Yep. And he does, but then he sort of shimmies and shimmies and then just kind of tries to get a shot away and he just <laughs> doesn't connect with it, it was, at all. It, it was just all too much, wasn't it? It was just a, a little bit, maybe, maybe trying to make it too perfect, but... You know, try try and just get it early. Take it on your left if you need to. Um, Are we panicking too much when we get into an attacking position? As a as in general, yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, we seem to be, you know, like I say, almost trying to make too sure, really, with sort of opportunities. And and I thought that was again Anis last night running at them. That's what you want to see him doing. You want to see him sort of doing his step overs, but then get the cross in or get your shot away. And he and he didn't do that, did he? No, unfortunately not. Uh there's a throw-in from Harry Cornick, which comes out to Tanner, and he's judged to have handballed his control, Ben. That was hyper frustrating in uh you know, in injury time. And it was kind of that could have been our last chance, and it almost proved to be the case. Yeah, we were, we were trying. I, you know, again shooting towards the, the the you know a full up away section with one nil down, not a lot to lose, and then you know naivety, inexperience, unluckiness, whatever. You got to make your own luck in this game. Is all the cliches that we can talk for hours about. But you know, again, we're in that situation, and I compare it with 
Walker Peters, you know, their version of George Tanner is slotting in a quality rock, you know, weak foot goal. And and our and our our version is 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 um is unfortunately conceding a chance that then breaks the play up and they can reset. So, you know, that's where we are at the moment and let's hope we can get better. Good stuff. And that brings us to the end. It's a defeat. It's a narrow defeat. Again, only 1-0 against a decent Southampton team um, taking us into the weekend on Sunday against Norwich. So those three games, Matt, we were on Sound of the City on Monday and I think I said I'd take six points. So a win at Norwich and everything's rosy. Yeah, for me um, anyway. One is one is six <laughs> points out of the, the two games. So no, no, I initially said nine. I'm not nine, sure that just, was including just for oh, a bit of banter. Okay, yeah. But uh, yeah, oh, right, six okay. out six out of the three, I I, I ended up with. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. But again, and I'm, I don't I don't think we should be fearing Norwich at all. Um, but they're still a good side, and and I've heard a lot of people talk about you know we we'll get three points against Norwich. You're still talking about a team that are act just out the prem in a couple of seasons, still getting parachute payments, um, and didn't didn't they beat us in the cup earlier in the season? Was it Norwich we lost yeah, to in the cup? Yeah, and they played really well, didn't they? Exactly, they looked a, a they looked a league above us to an yeah. extent, didn't they? So you know it does make me laugh that there, there's quite a few, and I know your you know yours is kind of more around what I'd hope for, but there's quite a few people talking about oh yeah we'll get three points against Norwich. There are no givens in this league whatsoever. Shay Given, is he not in the league? No, no, he left. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, right, Matt, we'll come on to the ratings. Uh, we've, we've, over the last couple of pods, we've asked for people's predictions and uh, we've got quite a few to get through. So I'll read these out if you want to get a pen and paper ready. Yep. Okay. Um, Chris Chard, 6.2. Thought they played really well first half, but second half, not quite as positive. Overall, a good game. Shane O'Connor, 5.95. Dan Healy, 5.87. Ashley Gent, 5.82. Dear Drooper, 5.85. Steve Hayes, 5.95. Farmer Palmer, 5.91. Dale, uh, 5.99. Rich Stephen, 6.5. Josh Bryan, 6.15. Paul Hunt. Hang on, Christ almighty. How do you expect me to write these things? Farmer so, Palmer, whatever his name was. <laughs> Farmer Palmer, 5.91. Yeah. Dale, Mary, yeah. 5.99. Yeah. Rich Stevens, 6.5. Yeah. Josh Bryan, 6.15. Paul Hunt, yeah. 6.1. If you can write quicker next time, that'd be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. No, no problem. All right. Ben Bond, I'm, what I'm, are you saying? I'm, I'm got, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to go based on that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest. Um, you've only only had a minute to think about this Ben yeah but I've been distracted by the fact that Matt's been stressed by the numbers you've been reading out of I find empathy for for your fellow uh, appreciate your support visitors United I'm going to go 6.02 oh okay Uh, I'm going to go slightly higher than that and and go 6.18 and if you can set the spreadsheet, Matt, to two decimal points, that'd be beautiful. Yeah, it, it always is. It right, always good. is. Over to you. Uh, okay, right. Let me uh, get to the spreadsheet. So slapdash, this operation. It's not slapdash at all. It's just wow. um, I was uh, in another spreadsheet. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, 
Max, I've gone six. I thought decent performance from Max. Like I say, that I didn't think there were any saves he made that I thought were outstanding and therefore warranted any more than that. Um, I thought it was a, a good performance. Um, George Tanner may, maybe um, was, was, for me, pushing for an eight. Um, I thought George had a really good game last night. But I also think I may be looking at that based on George and what George's performances have been like. So I've gone seven for George, but I thought it was a really good seven from that point of view. And then similarly, I've gone seven for Rob Dickey and Carl Naismith. Carl, I know, obviously going off injured, but before that, I thought he looked really comfortable. Didn't get caught out at all. Um, showed a number of sort of good turns. And as I say, sort of passing the ball um, into midfield and that one brilliant diagonal. So I went, I went seven for those. And then for Zach, um, I went eight for Zach and man of the match for me. Um, now it wasn't a perfect performance, hence the reason it was an eight and we, and we still conceded. Um, I didn't think I did. noted this in the notes, Matt, but he gave the ball away and then won it back. He, yeah, he did. And there was one in, very late on when literally, I mean, the, the time was up. Um, and he, he he really telegraphed the ball out wide. Um, they, they got intercepted. And yeah, that's what the I'm whistle, thinking of. Yeah, and then the, oh. the, the kind of whistle went. But other than that, I thought, again, you saw a performance from Zach full of maturity, um, you know, put, put in the mistake from the weekend behind him. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I went eight for Zach. Midfield was an interesting one for me um, and, and maybe slightly controversial. Um, I went... Six for Matty James. Um, I went six for Jason Knight. And I went six for Taylor Gardner-Hickman. Um, Matty James possibly could have been a seven. Um, and I know, Patch, um, the the ratings you sent me last night from someone, I think had Matty James as a seven. Um, but maybe that was some midfield bias from him. Um, Joe Brunel. Joe Brunel, yeah. I, I thought Matty did okay last night. But what I did also think is that um, it showed, again, the the fluidity they had and the legs they had in the midfield. And I still fear with it with Matty that he just doesn't have that, that turn of speed. And so it's all about his experience and knowing where to be. Played a couple of lovely balls through, but I went six for him, but it could have been a seven. And I was disappointed with both Jason and, and Taylor last night in terms of, the levels they've set. So again, two sixes, good, good performances, but not at the levels I thought. Um, Sykesy, I went seven, playing again in an unfamiliar position. I thought he had a, a good game, had a, our only shot on target um, and, and defended well. At one point, um, Matt, as well, he was like the last man, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, there was one, there was one moment where he actually lost the ball right on the touchline in our six yard box. Yeah, and called that one out when he yeah. turned him turned back inside. Yeah, exactly. But I still thought it was a, it was a good performance from Sykesy. And you know, like Ben said at the start, you lose a little bit when he's not playing in that position that he wants to play. Mm. You know, I'd like to have seen Sykesy in that three um, rather than Sam Bell from that point of view. So, if there's a, um, a, a an award for clubman of the year so far, it's got to go to mm. Sykesy, isn't it? He'd be up there, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah he'd be up there. Does exactly yeah. what he's told. Plays where, yeah. plays anywhere. Um, and smile he's come on out. His face. Smile on the face. He's come out and said, "That's my best position is where he where he does yeah. his best work out on the right." 
Um, and yeah, he's filling in wherever is needed, even on the left last night. So brilliant. Yeah. Um, and then for the the kind of attacking players, um, I went uh, six for for Tommy, six for Sam Bell. I've seen a couple of people talking about Sam Bell. Like I said, I, I still think it was an improvement on his previous game for sure. Um, and I thought he he kept his shape really well, which I know, you know, he's not in the team for that. But last night, actually, that was a key, key part of the, the performance was to make sure that we, you know, we knew what we were doing in and out of possession. Tommy, I still went six, even though those chances were missed. But, you know, all the great strikers will often say to you, you've got to be in the right position to make those chances. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to overly criticise him on that. Um, Cornick, I went six. <laughs> He, he was unlucky with that one that he overrun. Is again just a heavy touch. He did mm. did everything right. Broke away, showed a clean pair of heels, but just as the challenges come in, he can't get the ball across. So yeah, I went six for Harry, and then unfortunately, the the only one that I've gone below that that six is Andy Vyman. And um, for Andy, it's more of a reflection probably just on the game and the fact he just didn't get into the game at all. Um, so. Although I'm rating him on his performance, you know, it, it, in fairness to him, he just struggled to get into the game. Um, and so there, there wasn't that influence, which Saturday, the subs came on and they had an impact. Um, and even though it was too late, but like Joe Williams, when he came on last night, Anis Messi, when they came on last night, didn't have the impact that they did the weekend. Yeah. And Liam Manning said afterwards that he thought they did, which I didn't agree with. Yeah, no, I didn't. And and I think I do think Liam Manning is the sort of manager patch that will defend his players and maybe say things to the media so the players get it. I mean, he's not not quite as bad as Ten Hag where he's taking the blame for Onana throwing the ball in the net. Um, but yeah. Um, how long, how much longer can careful. that go on, by the way? And, and I apologise for those turning off because it's Man United. But last last night I said, <laughs> if, that had, if that had been Grobbler years ago, you'd have been thinking that he was on the take. Um, no, I didn't mean that. I just mean how many he's made so many similar mistakes not even, now. Not even difficult saves patch. I mean, the, the free kick last night, I have, at, I mean, we were in the concourse watching it. And because um, Ellie knows that I, I quite like Man United, she was absolutely laughing her head off in, in that goal. <laughs> Um, but I don't know what he was doing. And um, yeah, so but but the the point being, you know, Ten Hag defends his players as all good managers do, don't they? But Liam Manning just needs to be a little bit aware of it. We're not stupid watching the game, so um, yeah. So overall, that is a an average of six point three eight. Okay, which I think is this week's winner of of a mystery prize. Uh, was it? So it was after Dell. Who was after Dell? Was it Rich? I wasn't writing them down. So it was someone had a 6.2 oh, to Rich, 6.5. Rich yeah, Stevens Rich, was 6.5. Is that yeah, the closest? Yeah, so it's a 6.5, which I think is the closest, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations. Yeah. And to, then Mr. Um, Manning, I went I went six for, for Liam. Um Rich Stevens, just say, just sorry. Congratulations to Rich Stevens for winning the mystery prize, and it's a mystery to me because I don't know if there is a prize. <laughs> um, guys, sorry, carry on. Liam Manning. For Liam Manning, I've gone six. Um, yeah, yeah, close, random, close. Um, just Plan B, tweaking formation, maybe once we conceded, 
um, and keeping Conway on to go for it, get the equaliser. It, uh, it so does make me laugh though, Patch. I've seen comments, um, and I know I shouldn't, on the forums um, about it's a concern that we concede so so close after injury after halftime, like we did against Borough, and is this becoming a habit? And two games. Like, Bloody hell. Two games. <laughs> the first one is a Zach Viner header, and then the second one is a worldie. So, um, but as I'm at pains to say, even though people don't always take it on board, everybody's opinion is their opinion. There are no rights, no wrongs. So, um, yeah. yeah. But it, Matt, does, uh, it does make me laugh. Obviously, you do a column in the Bristol Live and you, you take your time and on a Sunday doing that. Uh, the headline from the weekend caused a bit of a stir. Do you want to just... Uh... Again, I do, I do go on the forums. I don't always post, but there there was a particular post on there about the headline, which was something along the lines of City Grumblers. Um, which you didn't write. Or, yeah, so so there's always... I, I never, ever write the headline. Um, that's always the, the job of the the editor or sub-editor or, or whatever the setup is from the, from a Bristol Live point of view. Um, so no, no issue from that point of view. But, you know, there, there were comments made around um, mental health um, and me not respecting people's opinions or, you know, that, those weren't the words used, but me, me um, trying to force my opinion onto others. Absolutely not the case. I'm not, not like that. I'm not built like that. I often say on this podcast about, you know, all opinions matter. Um, I was accused of um, being in bed with the club. I was accused of um, knowing about Nigel Pearson's sacking at the Cardiff game, um, about not being independent. Um, and and, and I, I don't, I was going to say I don't care, and I do care, as, as you know. Um, but both of, you know, the column and this podcast um, and what you do. Yes, we're very fortunate, and you know, you from your, your perspective as well, to be involved in the former players. Love it, wouldn't change it. A lot of hard work that goes into it that people do not see. I get to see how much work you put in, in particular. Um, you know, yes, we've been fortunate to have John Lansdowne, Steve Lansdowne, Brian Tinney, and Andy Vyman, Tommy Conway on the podcast. But by asking, not not because of a club connection. Um, and we never, ever don't say what we feel as fans. And, for, and you know, I've, I've said to you from day one, if ever I felt I couldn't say what I felt, I wouldn't do this. So, you know, I know it's a bit tongue-in-cheek about us, you know, being in bed with the club. Absolutely not the case. People can listen to us and they cannot listen to us. It's entirely up to them. I was accused, as I say, of um, being... or. I was an intelligent bloke, but as I say, I'm, I'm now in bed with the club and so I don't speak my mind because I'm frightened what the club will think. Absolutely not at all. If I thought Steve Lansdowne, John Lansdowne weren't the people that should be owning this club, I'd say that. I don't. I think they are. I was at the Henning Chicken and I did applaud when John Lansdowne was thanked for what him and his family have put into the club because that's exactly how I feel. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the point around the column, I would never, ever belittle anyone's mental health. Um, and I would never, ever say that my opinion was right or wrong over anyone else. And actually, don't look at the headline, read what I said. And all I said was, there were grumblings in the crowd at times and an audible boo. There was. And we there talked was, about it and there was. There and was there that, was last night. Yeah. You know, there was a night, massive. A chance. Get it yeah. forward. Press yeah. them. You're like, they're knackered. <laughs> Watch the game. <ben, <laughs> ben, as an independent adjudicator, anything to say on what you've just oh. heard? 
Well, I'm not independent. I'm a Bristol City fan who chooses the Water Club for for the best part of 40 years. It cost me millions of pounds, probably. Um, and I'd say that, so let's say Saturday, I was probably part of the grumbling crew the first half an hour. Uh, I know that friend of the show, Adam Gould, tweeted at 3.27, uh, that's basically aimed at me, which I discussed with him last night at length. <laughs> and, and a part of my defence for that was the fact that I kept being told by Nigel Pearson we were going to be front foot pressing. Didn't see it for the best part of three years for lots of reasons. Heard it again and probably wishfully hoped that we would magically transform ourselves overnight from uh, Curtis Fleming's one game cameo into QPR, which was just dreadful game. And when we discussed that, on you know, we were there at QPR. It was just, you know, a very, very um, average poor game. And... Um, so yeah, I didn't. I I heard some comments last night. Uh, again, I've already mentioned the fact that people who I was with that were visitors to our club, watching live, did th- feel we were quite direct and we went forward quite quickly. So nice. you know, there's all that sort of stuff. Back to Matt's comments. I absolutely get it. This pod's been a a voice of reason, independence, and passion. And football's about opinions. We've all got a view on stuff. Exactly. You know, I'd have in those ratings, I'd have given. Bell and Conway probably a five because I didn't think they did enough during the game, but that was because. But that's a rounded opinion. Look at all the people that came in on the on the pod forecast. The majority were five point something, and yet you know we've all yeah, agreed yeah. today that actually a more positive six point three odds. So you know that's yeah. because on balance we're doing all that we can. You know we've got an honest set of lads. We're trying our best. You know we've got a young coach, young coaching team. And we've got a club that's well run, generally speaking. And I think we need to celebrate that. But we're not Premier League. And the other point is, again, having lived around in Hampshire for 30 years, there's no reason why we couldn't have done what this Southampton have done in the last 30, 40 years. And we've got to, what we've got to find a way of getting into that league because once we're in that league, I think we'll do really well. But we're not in that league yet at the Premier League. Once we get in there, I think we've got a chance because we've got people that are passionate about our club but we haven't got a reputation for passion. We've got a reputation for mediocrity outside of Bristol City. Do you know what, Ben? That's a really good point about the passion because a lot of stuff that's put on the forum, and there are things that I don't I don't like, probably because of some of the personal attacks that, that go on, um, but that's easy done when you're, you're hiding behind a, 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 a name. But the majority of people are still posting on there and saying stuff because they care about Bristol City. And... You know, yeah, we, we've all got different opinions. As I say, I don't get paid to write that column. I get nothing for that column other than the enjoyment of writing it. So, you know, people criticise me. Um, I'm not a journalist. I work in an insurance company and it's just my views. And when I'm sat in the ground, in, you know, yes. And it's, I don't want to come across as a whinger and being defensive. But when I saw a couple of comments in it being about mental health and that, I would never, ever, ever, and it goes back to, what we do at the start of every podcast belittle that everyone is entitled to their opinion and i might not agree with it but then you don't agree with mine and that's absolutely fine that's what makes the world go round and why we love football because if we all sat there last night clapping and cheering and agreeing that everything was golden it's not the same is it so yeah so thank you Patrick. yeah yeah i think we're also in a different world as well because everyone's got access to like four or five social media platforms to share your view in real time yeah. Podcasts exist in real time. This podcast exists because Patch and you and others have made the effort to set this up. You know, we're all doing this voluntarily, like we go to football and we get something out of it. So as long as we're moving ourselves forward, 
you know, as long as we're trying to, to be honest about what we're seeing and um, we've got honesty back, because we all put money into this football club and we all spend Absolutely. a lot of time driving, watching, supporting, ultimately, because we because we love it. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Well said, both. Right, we're at six o'clock. Matt, you need to get off. Um, we need to get changed and get the Uber, yeah. To we roll on to Sunday against Norwich. Don't think there's anyone new to add. Uh, obviously, Naismith out, bring in. Just, sorry, one one final one thing. One final thing. One Columbo. final thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's for the older listeners, Ben, yeah. Um, not that you're old, mate. Let's not go down that oh, way. Oh, here we go, here we go. Uh, <laughs> 54 and not. 49, 49, 49. Um, were you surprised Jamie Knight-LeBelle didn't come on when Carl Naismith went off? That's, that was my only thing last night, was that it could have been a like-for-like like with Jamie coming on, who I thought was excellent when he came on at Cardiff. So Was it a way yeah, of getting someone else forward, or did he did he stick with the five well, he, did, the he, changed, he changed the shape, didn't he? I think we yeah. went more to a four, and maybe, four, maybe was that like, was part of it. But It was more of a 4-4-1-1, four, four, one, one, I think, then, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, maybe. But, um, but I, just, I just thought we could have kept the shape. Yeah. He'll get his chance, yeah. I'm sure. Right. Thank you very right. much, Thank gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Great stuff as always. Matt, take care. And we'll be yeah. back on Sunday night, I reckon. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. Cheers, Cheers you, take care. Bye, mate. Bye, mate. That's